Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and on our magazine-formatted podcast, I love saying that because it sounds so freaking important. Magazine-formatted podcast. Oh, God, look. Look at me. Anyway. Are you Oprah? <laughs> I wish. Okay, anyway, on our magazine-formatted podcast, today we're going to be talking about whole grains of <laughs> Our typical one-minute cooking tip. We're going to talk about a food find rather than an interview this week, a fabulous food find that you're going to want to check out. And, of course, we as we always do, we'll end it with what's making us happy in food this week. So take it away. Okay, we're going to start with something I know Oprah would love if I gave them to her. That's whole grains. What? Wait, what? Why would Oprah love them? Because she's smart, so she likes whole grains. <laughs> Anyone who's smart likes whole grains. That's the way it goes. And okay, that's Oprah fine. would like this. And because you made them. And because I made them. She and everybody would like that. She would like that a lot. So yes. we're going to talk about whole grains <laughs> and why they're healthier for you and why Oprah likes them. We're going to continue with that throughout the entire magazine yeah, format episode. You know, since you're going to attract a celebrity, and, you know, I got nothing against Oprah, but, you know, uh, gay, can you at least, uh, gay here, can you uh, attract a, a hot one? I mean, uh, yeah, but she's got more money than any of the hot gay ones. Adam Driver would be funnier. Anyway, um, <laughs> and maybe funner too. Okay, so anyway, let's talk about whole grains, which is really ridiculous. And I think we're kind of talking about whole grains already, but... <laughs> okay, so Go let's on. start with what the hell is a whole grain? I mean, what does that even mean? It's essentially, we're talking about a kind of seed that is going to grow another plant. And don't, don't, no botanist at me. I get the difference <laughs> between grains and seeds, but it's a kind of seed that's going to grow another plant. And basically, there are four pieces of this thing. There's a hull, which you almost never eat. There is the endosperm, which is the sweet part. When you look at white rice, you are basically looking at the endosperm of a grain that has had the other parts removed. So hull, endosperm, germ, and brand those are kind of the the what engines that are going to drive the growth of the plant as it feeds off the endosperm and grows when a grain when you eat a grain that has three of those parts namely as you put the endosperm the bran and the germ right that's a whole grain because you don't eat the whole the whole is like the hard shell around the outside With one exception not only is it an exception you can eat it you can even eat it raw and that is corn. Yeah, n nobody knows that. And corn is the only grain that is common in human consumption where you eat the hull, the endosperm, that's that sweet, white, creamy, impure part. And then there's German bran in there, too. So you eat the whole darn thing. Now, that I grain. will say you eat it. But you don't digest it. Uh, Not very well. Okay, and that's let's, why let's leave that for another day. Let's. Um, <laughs> that's what you all know when you had corn. Okay, oh, wow, it suddenly got gay again. God help me. So what happens is that most people eat pearled grains or refined grains in some way. So the way you make well, white... What pearled mean? You threw that out. Pearled means that you've taken the hull off, which you have on most grains, and often taken off the germ but not necessarily the bran or the bran and not necessarily the germ usually one or the other is left intact which means that the the grain has been compromised in its full nutritional impact and if you have a refined grain that means that the germ and the bran are gone again we're back to a white rice or we're back to the kind of flour used to mill just white flour we're talking just endosperm and honestly 
it's not so good for you just to eat the endosperm. No, basically all you're eating is sugar. So like if you like beef barley soup, chances are you're using pearl barley, which means that barley has very little nutritional value. It's just a lot of endosperm and sugar. Now Mm -hmm. you can buy Mm -hmm. hullless barley Mm because the hull is removed, but Mm -hmm. you're left with all the bran Mm -hmm. and all the germ and all that fiber and taste. Now I also want to add that the germ is also the oil pocket it's the it's yep. the, it's where you the oil is stored in the grain it's the big piece of the flavor and the flavor because we all know fat carries flavor so when you have grains with germ in them even like you could just buy wheat germ it has yep. so much flavor and it's an oily product the problem with that is it'll go bad faster because it's going to go rancid oils to go rancid yep. so when you get whole grains they don't stay as long in your pantry nope. whole wheat flour won't last as long as white nope. flour Whole grains won't last as long they as pearl grains. They go rancid. When you open the package, if it has an acrid smell or a smell like a teenage boy's socks, then you... Okay, I want to know wanna... what you're doing smelling teenage boy's socks. Mm-hmm. I was a young, gay, precocious child. Um, you <laughs> you are actually then need to take it back. Please take it back to the store for a full refund, especially if you just bought it. There's no reason to pay good money for whole grains that have gone rancid on the store shelf. Do take it back. They will take it back. And... Two, I should say that if you buy grains themselves, oat groats, whole wheat, whole wheat berries, I can't even (laughs) say that right, whole wheat berries, wheat berries, if you buy any kind of whole grain, barley, what have you, if you buy it and you're going to keep it for a while, consider storing it in the freezer. It'll preserve it longer, generally about twice as long. So let's say uh, eight to 12 months rather than four to six months. It keeps the oil from going rancid so it stays longer. So let me ask you, Mr. Science, since Mm. you're good at these things, Mm. why does all that extra fiber from the bran Mm. and from the germ help you with your health? Well, it helps you with your health because, and I'm going to get gross, but just allow me to be gross for a second. It increases motility. It actually, of course, speeds up how things transit through you. I'm trying to stay very nice Oh, please. It helps you poop. It does. And in so doing, you absorb less sugar, partly because motility has increased, and partly also there are ways in which your small intestine will pick out things from the germ, I mean the bran, faster than they'll pick out things from the endosperm, which is just pure sugar. It all around helps with blood sugar. I got to say, I, 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 this is just so silly to say, but I'm going to say it. Bruce and I wrote a book called Grain Mains. And I think it still is to this day the only cookbook in which whole grains are turned into main courses. Get it? Grain Mains. We think we're so clever with our diets. We are clever. Grain Mains. And uh, we wrote this book, and it took us, I don't know, about six months to write it. It's beautifully photographed by Tina Rupp. It looks really nice on the page. It was really nicely published. It's a great book, but here's the thing. In the six months that we wrote that book, I lost weight, and I didn't change anything that I did, except I was eating whole grains basically every day because of recipe testing. But honest to God, it is the only cookbook that I have ever written where I lost weight. Wait, you didn't lose weight in the pizza book? <laughs> and you didn't lose weight on the four ice cream books we No, wrote? not really so much. And you didn't lose weight? You're not losing weight now in the air fryer book? No, not really so much. But mm. I can tell you that in a whole grain book, 
over the course of testing hundreds of recipes, I mean, you know, testing hundreds of recipes and testing them multiple times, I lost weight. And I will tell you that there are recipes in that book still to this day that I remember. And I, Bruce and I have published now, oh gosh, up over 12,000 original recipes. And I will tell you that I don't remember a lot of them. You know, people are like, oh, can't you remember your children? I'm like, hmm, I got 12,000 children. So no, I can't really remember them. <laughs> are you Abraham? <laughs> I can't really remember them. Oh, man. Okay, first of all, it's Jacob, not Abraham. God, do I have to instruct you on Torah? Um, so um, I have 12,000 children, and I can't keep up with them all. But I, there are recipes in that book. I remember Bruce made this this uh, kind of riff off an autumn rice dish that is traditional in Japanese culture, and it's made with sweet potatoes and traditionally the first blush of rice, right? But in this case, we're using brown rice. In chestnuts, and it is millet, such and out- edamame, right. and, and ginger, and mirin, oh. and soy. It's so whole grains are so flavorful. Yep. they're just so powerful for flavor and distinctive taste. Buckwheat has a very distinctive taste. Yep. Um, kamut, which you've been oh. eating a lot of recently. Oh. If you like, don't know kamut, it's an ancient uh, karasin wheat, a form of wheat, and it is. The, they when they resurrected this grain, they literally resurrected this grain out of ancient silos. And when they resurrected it, they uh, trademarked it and patented it such that it can only be grown organically. And it is a really crazy, creamy, buttery flavor. It is. Yeah. When you cook oh, it, it's amazing. it's a much bigger grain than a typical wheat berry, mm. and it's fatter, and it's, it's as Mark says, it has a buttery consistency Bruce and a made, buttery flavor. It's yummy. Bruce made stuffed cabbage last night, and he made it with ground beef, right, and kamut. Mm. And shredded zucchini. Oh, and, oh it was really good. It was and so walnuts. Good. It was really and it good. And it actually made a savory kind of stuffed cabbage. I can't... Well, I didn't put f- dried fruit in it, and I didn't yeah. put any sugar in it. Yeah. I can't... <clears throat> anyway, I just can't abide by super sweet stuffed cabbage. Anyway, so this was very savory. It's nice. And there are endless studies oh to show that whole grains increase satiety. In other mm-hmm. words, you feel fuller faster and mm. you feel more pleasurably full faster. So a piece of whole grain toast, I eat a piece of whole grain toast almost every morning of my life. And I mean super whole grain. I mean really, really high fiber whole grain toast. And honestly, one, six grams of fiber per slice. One slice does it. I mean, I seriously, I don't need a second slice. There, there wouldn't be any reason to eat a second slice. I'm completely sated with the first sli- slice. And I think that there are, I know that there are endless studies to suggest that satiety is increased, weight loss can happen with whole grains, and more importantly than anything, they can help you with your blood sugar problems. They can. And the nice thing is there's an endless variety. So if you, for any reason, don't like brown rice, and I get it, a lot of people don't like brown rice, great, try some hullis barley, try Mm. some kamut berries, Mm. try some millet, try some Mm. teff. There's so many things. Try some spelt. Mm-hmm. Eat corn, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. There are so many things you can eat. So to and then say, you can I, get insane and try things like Job's Tears and Millet. And, good, good luck finding Job's Tears. Yeah, well, we put them in grain maze. But okay, go on. So the, the thing is, you 
I don't want to hear any excuses that I don't like whole grains. You probably don't like one thing you've had. All right, mm -hmm. so you've had wheat berries and mm -hmm. you don't like them. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean you don't like whole grains. You've had brown rice and you don't like it. It either means you don't like brown rice or you don't like the kind of brown rice. Or you, you know, just served it in a in a nasty bowl in a restaurant in a bowl and it was gross. It would be it it, it would be like if you were just served up a big hunk of tofu out of the package. It's gross. Mm. It has to, <laughs> it has to be. We saw Vanessa Redgrave on Broadway in a play once, and she she played this woman. I think she was in Romania, and her nephew from the U.S. came to visit her, and he was a vegetarian. So she went out and bought tofu, which she'd never heard of, and <laughs> she opened the package and dumped the water and the tofu on a plate on stage and took a bite of it. <laughs> Just looked at him <laughs> as only Vanessa Redgrave could. It was a brilliant moment. Gross. Well, anyway, you've probably had just brown rice in a bowl. Listen, there are a million ways to fix brown rice. There's so a million kinds of brown rice. There are a million kinds, too, that, that are endless kinds. Okay, so enough about whole grains. We beat that thing into the ground on our magazine format podcast. <laughs> Which Oprah up. is loving. <laughs> you can't say that. We're up for segment two. And what is segment two? Segment two, our one-minute cooking tip. Don't add onions and garlic to the skillet at the same time. Oh, I don't think people know this, and here's why. Garlic is a dried food product. Garlic is to, I don't know what, as raisins are to grapes. <laughs> garlic is a dried fruit, dried food product. Fresh green garlic, when it's right into the ground, is a completely different animal. Mm. It's stronger, it's mm. stickier, it's mm. wetter, and garlic burns very quickly. It's a concentrated sugars in it, so when you're sauteing onions, saute them until you get them where you like them, then throw the garlic in. It's only going to take about 10 seconds At to most. soften and get flavorful, and you're done. That is absolutely the best one-minute cooking segment. Do not add the garlic with the onions. On to segment three, a food find, usually an interview here about a food find. And today we are talking about something that is far, far, far removed from whole grains. This is very <laughs> ironic. We are going to talk about phyllo dough, which is about as far from whole grains as one can yeah. possibly get. I have never met a whole grain phyllo. And if you're <laughs> listening and you know of a whole grain phyllo, please oh. write us. I'd I, love to know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Come to our Facebook group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, and, and share it there. Tell me where I can get whole grain phyllo because I'd like to know about it. So mm. here's the thing. We live in New England, and we used to live in New York, and the only phyllo I was able to find in all of our local supermarkets was usually the Athens phyllo, which is lovely. I think that's Perfectly. the standard it, everybody gets, right? It, it is. is. You open the box, and you un, you take the plastic package out, and you open it up, and each sheet is 9 by 13, and gossamer thin. I yeah. mean, these things were as thin as yeah. dragonfly wings, which... In theory, sounds nice, but in practicality, makes them impossible to work it's with. It's hard. These are the kind of phyllo sheets that when you unroll them, you generally have to put plastic wrap over them to keep them from drying out or something. You know, you have to do something. I remember the old advice back in the day, and now I'm speaking about like back in the 80s, where they where cookbook writers would tell you to cover them with plastic wrap and then dampen a towel and put it on top of the plastic wrap, which did nothing but ultimately become a mess as that water leaked out into the feel of low i'll never forget that advice from the 80s it was so idiotic but still you probably have to cover these in some way to keep them from drying out because they're so gossamer thin so what's the solution phyllo factory phyllo dough it's a brand i don't necessarily like to recommend brands but this is the they're own, not paying they're not paying us for this and the reason i like it 
each sheet is slightly thicker so they're easier to work with they don't tear when you pick them up mm. they don't stick together in the package mm. very easily mm. and they don't dry out so yes i keep plastic over the, the pile of them as i'm doing them but they do not dry out if i forget to put the plastic over for one or two sheets as i'm as i'm greasing them up nothing happens to them and even better each sheet is 13 by 18. Yeah, that's what's so amazing is that they're really the proper size. I think that's much more the proper size. They're giant sheets. And so if you roll them up from the 13-inch side, they're going to create thousands more layers, mm -hmm. millions, billions more layers yep. of phyllo dough. They, and you're going to have a 13-inch uh, strudel instead of a 9-inch strudel. Yes. So so Bruce was asked to make apple strudel this last weekend at a friend's house. By a 7-year-old. By a 7-year-old <laughs> grandchild. to make Not apple, my grandchild. To make apple strudel. And he did make apple strudel, and it was fabulous. But Bruce drove a long way out to a big, fancy gourmet supermarket away from us. We live in very rural New England and bought Filo Factory Frozen Filo. If you can find up-end Filo, you will up your game dramatically. It's easier to work with. Your strudels and other pastries, your baklavas, will be so much better. I know, like, you're making baklava every day, <laughs> but you should. Your baklavas <laughs> would be so much better if you want to wrap protein in them. They're easier mm. to work with all the way around. Okay, segment four, what's making us happy in food this week? You get to go first. Okay, well, I'll tell you. Um, when Bruce made this apple strudel and took it to a friend's house, that's not what's making me It was delicious. But that's not what's making me happy. What's making me happy is whipped cream. Because <laughs> I whipped the cream to go on this apple strudel. And I want to tell you that I, hand, I am such a snot that I hand whip cream and notice that he does it because if i do it it's with a machine no and he yeah no that, that's what i get no <laughs> so you take a nice metal bowl you put it in the fridge all during dinner you put your whisk in that bowl in the fridge all during dinner you keep your cream super cold now everything is super cold why are you doing this to get the best consistency out of the whipped cream because the warmer it is the looser it is and the more airy it's going to get so instead you want everything really cold you get that cold cream in that bowl and then a little powdered sugar because i like it sweetened and then you start whipping and you whip and whip and whip and you want the consistency of a thickened sauce, not an iceberg. You don't <laughs> want some snow cone of whipped cream. And you get this lovely, decadent, soft, delicious whipped cream when you hand whip it. Just, I have to say Mark's eyes are rolling back oh in his head God. right now. It's, <laughs> I mean, describes it. Honestly, sex is fine, but whipped cream is another thing. <laughs> All right, so what's making you happy in food this week? Well, it's not whipped cream. But it is the combination of pear jam and Parmesan cheese. Oh. <laughs> because, they're, you know, pears and Parmesan are our classic dessert combo. But mm. I made pear jam last week. And it is absolutely delicious. It's a little, it's sweet, but it's not overly sweet. And the pears were great. And when I was at that high-end grocery store buying that phyllo, they had two-year-age Parmigiano Reggiano on sale Which at 20% off. Quite aged. And so... I have been eating on whole grain toast, pear jam 
with Parmigiano-Reggiano to your aged, and quite honestly, that beats you whipped cream. <laughs> well, it might. So you don't have to make your own pear jam. Go find pear jam. It's out probably in your local farmer's markets or in smaller markets right now. In up-end markets, you'll find it. It is the time of year. If you have a farmer's market or go to a farmer's market, you might be lucky enough to find real pear jam. You can eat it with aged Parmesan, too. So that's the show magazine format at all. We are Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough, and we hope that you will subscribe to the show and, most importantly, rate it. And if you could, drop a comment. If you drop a comment, I thank you here right now. Listen, thank you. Thank you for dropping that comment below. It helps with the Google Analytics and the Apple Analytics dramatically. And thanks for joining us on Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And we hope you will listen to more episodes and you'll hear them all if you subscribe.